Hold on, before you go, before you go, I would like to do something that I've never witnessed done on stage. Uh-oh. You guys ready for this? I'm going to ask him a question. <laughs> Pastor Jim, yeah. what is the most important leadership lesson that you've ever learned and that you still use in your ministry today? Yeah, Mary Dina. Two brownie uh, points. Yeah, I, th- I think that the, the greatest leadership lesson that I've learned is that we like to focus on the things we can measure, attendance, you know, offering, how many showed up, how many blowed up, how many groups, how many whatever. And, and I think those are all wonderful things. What I'm learning now in the later stages of life is that the, the base of that pyramid, the top of the pyramid, the, the, the thing we measure, the base of the pyramid actually is what predetermines the stable height. So I'm learning that leadership is service. It's foundation. It's, it's, not, it's not the flash on Sunday morning. It's, it's the splashes, you know what I mean, that happen throughout the week. And finding people that are just as honored to pick up a piece of trash in the parking lot as they are to stand on the platform and preach the gospel, those, those, those are the foundational pieces of God's kingdom. And so I, I think I'm focused more on these last, you know, the last 10 years of my public ministry, if you will, on finding the people that no one else will ever know who they are. But, but they make everything happen. The dinas, really, the people that do everything behind the scenes, but they're satisfied in that role because the things we measure are substantiated by the things that are often foundational and overlooked. Beautiful. And Mary Dina, that's your other Beautiful. Okay. And Mary Dina, beautiful. I did something nobody's ever done on stage. That's cool. All right. Good morning, live stream. Good morning, Grand Blank House Campus. It's great to see you guys. It's great to be here today. Miss Dina said $40,000. That's a lot. We got some awesome people to bless, but I'm a competitor, so let's rock and roll. So this morning I want to highlight these three arenas, and the way that I'm going to do it is through leadership. And I'm going to talk about kind of what each one of these people teach us, kind of, and then I'm going to share the ultimate secret to life and to leadership. But I'm not going to do that till the end, so you got to wait. So before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about who I am. Number one, Pastor Jim started sharing I'm an athlete. That's me um, up there uh, in college. And you know, as I see this, this, this literally wasn't even planned, but I do two things every time I step on a field. One, I put my helmet on, which to me is prayer. And my grandma knows that. I talk to her about my helmet all the time. And number two, every time I walk out into an arena, I remember doing this, University of Michigan, 110,000. I walk out, and I look at the whole crowd. I find my dad, and I find my mom and my family. They're all right there. So thank you for your support. Number two, I'm a hunter. I actually killed this bear the evening. Uh oh, the evening after I proposed to my wife. Yeah, that's a fun story. We'll get into that at one point. I'm a fisherman. Um, these were from the UP near Escanaba, and then I am a family man. This was my daughter's two-year-old birthday. Um, Hadley Harper and my wife Courtney, and uh, something very interesting happened last night. My wife was sharing with Hadley about um, Kingdom Builder Sunday. She said, Daddy's going to talk about offering, because that's what she knows it as. And um, so she's like, Daddy, come here. And she said, I'm proud of you, Daddy. And I'm like, I'm looking 
<laughs> and lastly, sushi. I love sushi. My wife and I love sushi. That is our celebratory meal. And, of course, this place. Pastor Jim and Miss Dina have been so dear to my heart. Pastor Jim married me. Pastor Jim married my brother. Pastor Jim baptized me. Pastor Jim baptized my sister. I took pre-marriage class with Court and Carrie Downs, which is an amazing ministry. Pastor Jim helped me through the grief of my father's passing. And so many more things that this place is rooted from. It's absolutely astonishing. It's nothing but God math. So that's a little bit about who I am and where I'm from. Let's talk about what I do. So what I do is what I've been doing my whole life. And the way that I like to talk about that is that picture on the bottom left there. His name is John Martin Maynard. That's my grandpa. The picture on the top left, that's Roger Dean Maynard. That's my dad. And then this picture over here is me and my two little girls. Now, the logo there is in the middle, but here's the thing. These two men on the left here, they're the ones that started this. I just happened to put a name and a logo to it. I'm a third-generation Mainer from these two men that unfortunately both passed about four years ago. The two most influential men of my life, they are Mainer leadership. I'm just carrying out the legacy. So let's talk about today. Three lenses of leadership. Number one, we're going to look at a teacher, we're going to look at a single mom, and we're going to look at small groups. We're going to talk about the teacher's mindset. We're going to talk about the daily grind of a single mom. And then lastly, the support and the platform that a small group offers. All right, so I've been a teacher for 10 years. My wife's a teacher. My brother was a teacher. My brother-in-law is a, te is a teacher. My two sister-in-laws are teachers. My father-in-law was a teacher. I have a pretty good understanding of teachers and teaching. This is me right here, uh, just doing a little uh, personality behavior lesson with teachers. Um, so teachers hold a dear spot in my heart. Let's take a look. Each single teacher affects approximately 3,000 students in their career. 3,000. That's crazy. And we actually did a little bit of math with my wife. So let's say that we have 20 teachers 3,000 times 20, carry the zero. 60,000 lives impacted. 60,000. That's just with 20 teachers. We probably have 20 teachers in this congregation. I bet you there's at least 50 just down the road. That's some amazing math. 60,000 students impacted. Lives impacted. Wow. Luke 2.46 and before I read this, I want to give you a little backstory because I think that's powerful, and I love the story. So Mary and Joseph, they headed to the Passover feast, and they took Jesus with them. He was 12, and they had the feast. Everything went good. They were headed back, and they were a little bit down the road and realized that Jesus was not with them. Guys, they lost Jesus. That's not good. So as they headed back, three days, three days later, they found him in the town. And this is where they found him. They found him in the temple, 
sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Luke 2.46. He was sitting with the teachers. Here's Jesus. He could have been doing anything he wanted, blessing people, teaching people, anything he wanted. He wasn't. He was in the temple. He was sitting with the teachers. He sought out the teachers, and he was asking questions. Now, myself, my dad, my grandpa, my entire family, we're really heavy on action. And actions speak louder than words is one of the things that I was taught my entire life. So if we look at the action that he took, he chose the teachers to go and sit with them and ask them questions. That is the importance that he placed on those people, on that group, the teachers. And he was asking them questions. Now, one of my teachers was a little bit like this guy. His name is actually Mr. Bourdon. Some of you may know him. I remember, snotty-nosed eighth grader, probably stank because I just got through gym class and I'm a competitor, so I was probably sweating. I remember walking into class. There's a guy just like this named Mr. Bourdon. He is standing on top of a desk. Okay? That's like just the beginning. He has 50 t-shirts on. Like, 50, okay? On the front of every shirt is the state. On the back of every shirt is the capital. Now, I don't think he's here today, and please don't test me. Which is ironic, because I was a social studies teacher also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One at a time, he took off these shirts, Right? Michigan, Ohio, California, North Dakota, South Dakota. And he would whisper sometimes, and then he would yell sometimes. And he stood on that desk the entire time. And that was just a fraction of what he did. That was just a Tuesday for Mr. Bourdon, right? Now, why the heck would he do something like that, put that much energy into it? Put on 50 T-shirts. That's, like, hard. That'd be exhausting, I'll tell you why. Leadership wins number one, passion for other people's growth. That's a teacher. That's how a teacher leads. This is what they can teach us. This is what we can learn from their leadership. Right? What's passion? A barely uncontrollable emotion. A barely, barely controllable, I think, uncontrollable emotion. Right? Now, what's growth? Growth is the belief, the belief in forward movement. Could be mindset, could be skill set, the belief in forward movement. Mr. Bourdon, everybody, can we all remember one of those teachers in our life? Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Bourdon had the passion for not only my growth, for every single one of those students in there. This guy was so unique. We all have that teacher in our heart right now. We need a passion for other people's growth. We have a chance to be passionate today about other people's growth. Be passionate. Leadership lens number two. Let's build on this. Teacher and their passion for growth. Number two, Freedom Center single moms. They have a community of over 60. They have five amazing leaders, which I've been able to meet and interact with. 
These are some powerful people, and here some of them are right here. All right. The average mom clocks in around 100 hours a week. 100 hours a week. So that's equivalent to two and a half full-time jobs. They don't get paid for that overtime. They should. They should. I look at my wife, my beautiful wife, and it's like three and a half full-time jobs, including myself, uh, as part of that. I can be high maintenance. That's a powerful stat. I looked that up, and I was just, wow. Wow. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, as I met and I spoke with the single moms, I got to hear their stories. And they, one of them shared this with me, and I kind of started to dive into it. Now, Joshua was Moses' servant. And God's talking to Joshua here. And he, Joshua was scared to death. We're talking filling in some shoes that are like, if he's size 10, Moses' size was like 100. Okay? He was very nervous about filling the shoes of Joshua. So before this, leading up to this, like Joshua 1, 1 through 8, it's a lot of, um, let's say, like exhortation, right? Like, you can do this. You'll be fine. I'm going to be with you. It's going to be great. And right here, he switches it. Have I not commanded you? He switches the tone a little bit, right? Be strong and be crazy. So now he's pretty much commanding him. He is telling him what to do. And what I think is so powerful is the three words after this verse. And I think it's what we want to look at when we look at this leadership lens. The three words following this verse are, Joshua assumes command. Joshua assumes command. Now I know when Pastor Jim and Miss Dina asked me up here, I felt just like Joshua. And I thought, you know what? That is absolutely terrifying and super exciting, so yes, that is literally, quote, unquote, what I said. These single moms do just that. They assume that command every single day for 100 hours a week at least. Some of their names, because I like to make things real, Kimberly, Jenny, Megan, Cheryl, Joanna, When you say their names, it makes it very real. It hits my heart. Now, as I shared with you a little bit earlier, about four years ago, in one night, my mom became a single mom. We lost my dad very abruptly, completely unexpected. My family and I quickly learned what it was like to experience this. My mom quickly learned what it was like to be a widow. That was not easy. That was not easy. But what I learned as I met these women was that I had an incomplete picture. I had one view, one lens, one perspective of what a single mom was, and that was a widow. Now, I know that 
when we talk, we, we think about single moms, we, we think of some stigmas, right? Lazy, stay at home, put themselves in this situation. Let me tell you, as I heard their stories, as I talked to these women, as I started to dive in, what they have overcame is absolutely astonishing and powerful. Abuse, widowed, mental, physical abuse, balancing this 100 hours in the job and the career, taking care of the house, raising young men as a single mom. Man, when I heard that one, my heart just started breaking. What they have overcame is astonishing, and they are very powerful. To me, that is all summed up with one word, grit. The grit of a single mom. What can we learn as leaders? And look, if you have a dog and you influence the dog, if you got a grandkid, you're a leader. right? If you have influence over anything or anyone, you are a leader. Every single one of you in here is a leader because you're in this room. And those are the kind of people that sit in this room, leaders. These single moms, every single day, what the heck is grit? Perseverance with no concern for reward. Perseverance again and again and again. Has anybody ever seen the movie Miracle? Awesome movie, right? Herb puts him on the line and he says, blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Again and again and again. And what I picture, I picture Kimberly standing on that line again and again and again. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Kimberly, who do you work for? Kimberly, who do you play for? Again, again, and again. And he finally asks, and she says, I work for the big guy upstairs. And that's where that grit comes in. They wake up and they do this every single day over and over and over and over again. We need to learn a fraction of that grit as leaders. Last one, small groups. Now, teacher and the lens for passion for other people's growth. A single mom's grit. The final lens, I want to complete this picture, is small groups. Now, there's over 20 of these small groups. Over 20. And there's a variety of ways to connect, and I absolutely think that you should. I don't even think I know you should. Let's take a look at what the, the small group does for you. Right? And, and these are led, the one that I'm going to talk about is led by Pastor Jason and Donnell Foster. So, I love leadership. That's my lens, obviously. And I love this series of Pastor Jim's talk about mining your mind. So this is one of our studies that my team has done. People who play a role in a trusted community have 74% less stress than people who have no community. And they show 29% more satisfaction with their lives. Who here would like less stress in their life? Everyone raise your hand. Come on. 29% more satisfaction in their life? Yeah. Even if I'm at 100, I'll take 29 more. That's fine. That's what a community does for you. That's the platform. That's the support that a small group offers. Now, when I was in the Word and I'm trying to find this, this is the one that stuck out the most to me. This is the platform, the support that this offers. Therefore, confess your sins, James 5.16, to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, there's two things that I want to point out here. Number one is confess. Okay, that's like a scary word, especially for like big guys, 
like me. Um, you're like, hey, we're going to need you to confess some things. Yeah, that all right, hold on just a second. Confess, what do you mean? Right, and two, prayer. We are being commanded to confess and to pray. Now, that's what I do. Right back there in that corner at 5.30 a.m. every Wednesday with a group of men. My story with that started about three years ago. Three years ago, I joined that men's coffee group, 5.30 a.m. Wednesday mornings. There's free coffee, Cafe Ramos, so it's good. And these men, I sat there. We started to confess. We started to pray. We started going through the message. These guys helped me through my dad's passing. These guys helped me grow my business. These guys helped me with my relationships. These guys were weekly accountability to get in the word, to pray, to read. We share some stuff. And if it hits us, we'll pray right in the middle of it. Whatever is needed. Now the two things that I want to point out here that we need to learn as leaders. One is vulnerability. Confession, another right word. Vulnerability. Transparency. Now what the heck is vulnerability? I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I got it right. Offering the world our imperfections as a sacrifice to build the body of Christ through relationships. That's what vulnerability is. Now, here's the hardest part. We have to have the courage to go first. We have to have the courage to go first. We're sitting in a small group. Anybody want to share? Anybody got anything on their heart? You have to be like, yeah, I do. That's hard. That is not easy. Transparency. Allowing a select few to see our innermost thoughts so that we can be held accountable and grow as believers in Christ. Look, vulnerability helps you relate. You can lead in a relational way. Look, leadership requires rapport. Leadership requires vulnerability and transparency. Leadership requires you to go, hey, I'm struggling today. Hey, I'm nervous to do this talk. I hope that's okay. But guess what? We're going to do this. We're going to figure it out. That's what vulnerability is. That's what transparency is. Leadership requires rapport. Piano man, please join me. So what the heck do all three of these have in common? A teacher, their passion for growth, the passion for other people's growth, okay? And it's got to be real, all right? It's got to be real. We do a lot of trainings. We do a lot of coaching. And the first thing is we talk about it, and this is all fun and games, right? This is cool. These are nice tag words. But guess what? If the motivation isn't real for your team, for your family, for, do you, are you really passionate about them growing, before I walked up here, I thought, what do these people not, not want to hear? What do they need to hear? Be passionate about whatever you're doing. Love what you're doing. If you don't, do something else. Be passionate about other people's growth. Your family, your team, your colleagues, this place. A single mom and their grit. 
again and again and again. Wake up tomorrow morning and be like, thank God it's Monday. Let's rock and roll. Let's take over the world. Now I know I can be intense and I know I can be a lot. But the small group, they knock me down every week. I want, we're going to do this, right? By Wednesday morning, I'm going, guys, I got a thing. Can we talk? And yeah, they always, I confess it. They pray for me. We pray for them. And it's so powerful. The vulnerability and the transparency. How do we tie all this together? How do we tie all this together? And I'm not going to lie to you, this took me a month tie all this together. I prayed on this. I read in the word about this over and over and over again. How do these three people tie tie all together? Then I had one conversation with Pastor Jim and it hit me like a ton of bricks. That's how. That's how. The love that a teacher has for their students is second to none. The love that a single mom has for their kid. Unparalleled. Unparalleled. That's the only way that a teacher can get up on that desk with 50 t-shirts on and take one off at a time. That's the only way that a single mom can do it again and again and again. That's the only way that people keep showing up to that small group with those leaders of those small groups. They sit in there, they go over the message, they're vulnerable, they're transparent about their thing, what do they agree with, what do they disagree with, they're growing in the body of Christ through vulnerability, transparency, and honesty. When you put all of that together, that's love. Now this is my favorite verse about love. 1 John four sixteen. We have come to know and have believed in love, which God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. That's a lot of words. I'm a very simple person. So number one, what this says to me, you have to accept that he loves you. So in order for us to even start to think about loving others, and sometimes that's tough love, sometimes that's soft love, and everything in between, But before we can even do any of that with any effectiveness, we have to know that he loves us. When I talked about being excited and scared to come up here, I thought, you know what, though? He must have told me to. If they're asking, he's calling. I got to know that he loves me and that he's going to be with me every step of the way. I have some absolute amazing friends. Just God got you, brother. And man, that just puts a smile on my face. Let me tell you something. God's got you. He loves you. He loves you enough so that you can love your people, so that you can love your family. Number two, act in accordance. He commands us to love. Commands us. You need to lead knowing that he loves you and knowing that he has commanded you to love. He puts you in this position that you are in today, right now in your life, so that you can love. Now that can look like a million and one different things. For me, it usually looks like questions and Pastor Jim calls me a tormentor. 
right? But it's from a place of love. Now, anyone who is a teacher, a single mom, or a small group, I'd like you to stand right now. If you're part of a small group, if you're a teacher, or you're a single mom, stand right now. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look, these are not just lenses. These are not just concepts, ideas, leadership lessons. Look, these are people. And they're sitting right here in this congregation. And they love. They love every day. And they're so good at it. And they're so passionate about other people's growth. They got grit. Man, do they got grit. They're vulnerable, they're transparent, but they love. Look, if you want to be blessed, bless what he blesses and he loves. Love the way he loves. Join my heart to these people's hearts, to these arena's hearts. Let's love today. Let's learn something from their leadership. Thank you. Oh, that's a good moment. That's a good moment. Hey, we're going to be wrapping this up here in just a couple of minutes, but I want to say this. It's, it's my honor now to kind of come back behind Dina's heart and the staff's vision, Desi's message and encouragement, and now it's time for action. And what we're about to do, I, I hope, I, here's, here's my concern always. My concern always is like, oh, it's a fundraiser. How many of you know today is not a fundraiser? Today is a faith raiser. Today is where we understand, where we connect where we love, where we take what is ours and we share it with those who need it. Um, Sometimes, well, I'm I'm in need. We all have needs. I just just want you to hear this, that today as Desi gets up here and speaks, what's happening in the room is this. First of all, this room didn't exist until someone before you heard something like they've heard today, and they said, I see it too. It was invisible at the time, but they saw it. Does that make sense? So they said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll commit to that for a year or five years or whatever it was. Um, the, the, the positions that we have, the ministries that we have, everything that's going out the door, someone envisioned at one point and prayed about it, connected with it, sacrificed for it, gave towards it, prayed towards it. And so I want you to know everything you've enjoyed today, the worship team, the microphone I'm speaking on, the chair you're sitting in, all of that was a dream that someone else saw before it was a physical reality. Does that make sense? So what's happening here is not just this. We're, we're not just, just going to plant some seeds in these ministries and in the heart behind them. We're actually today was reaping a harvest because the man that just spoke to you was a kid that showed up at 13 years old on the 4th of July. Remember 4th of July was a dream? The 4th of July outreach, let's buy inflatables. We don't have money for inflatables. I know, but we can't hold their attention for three hours with a hot dog. So we got inflatables. And the inflatables were the greatest thing the legal community ever had because everybody that broke their legs sued us. And if that was you, as long as you sue us and you tithe, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? But it was a dream. It was a vision. The skate park. I remember having to come to my board saying, I have a confession to make. They said, what? I said, I, I, I built a skate park. You did what? Yeah, I built a skate park. And they're out there skating out right now. We've already sent like eight kids to the emergency room. They're like, you, is it insured? I'm like, well, it's assured. <laughs> I have a strong assurance that, you know, 
And, and so they, okay, let's get it insured. Let's not fire our pastor quite yet. But how many of you guys know that all the things that, that got that man to stand here as a husband, as a father, and now as a preacher of the gospel, it happened in meetings just like this when someone said, should I or shouldn't I? Do I or, or don't I? Will I or won't I? My final encouragement today is this. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I know that if we participate, there's opportunities for the children of single moms to go to do to be things that they would not be and go and do without us. It's invisible right now. But can I tell you from 26 years of standing in a platform just like this, talking to people just like you in 48430 Michigan, extraordinary things happen when we invest in ordinary ways. If I take a seed and I put it into the ground, it becomes alive in a different way. It's a different paradigm. It exists by the rules of a different, a different governance. If I take it to Starbucks and I spend it, it's a trade. I trade you my paper for your lousy coffee. But when I give it to God, it, it's like a seed. It, I don't know if it's 30. I don't know if it's 60. I don't know if it's 100. I don't know what the soil is. I just know this. We are called to farm in the kingdom of God. And so as we close today, in the seat back in front of you, there are cards. If you're in the front row, tell someone behind you, hand me a card. But I want you, I want you to pray about what you're going to do. I want you to think about how important this is to the Lord, those children, those children that will be cared for in groups. Uh, I want you to think about the, uh, the teachers. And this is something that's broken my wife and I's heart for years. I was in charge of breaking teachers' hearts before I had my heart broken by teachers. I was the kid, as were, I'm not going to tell you which one of my sons, because you know it's JD. We are in charge of getting teachers to want to do something else for a living. Now, it's, it's a ministry gift. We just help them. We deliver them from educational systems, right? But my heart is so broken. Listen, the pressure on teachers today, the political pressure, the parental pressure, the societal pressure. How many of us know nobody ever became a parent, a teacher, or a group leader for the money and the fame? So there's something inside of us that says, that's not what I do. That's who I am. We're partnering with people that know who they are. So, Father, I pray that as we give in these final moments to this, this great undertaking now, God, if it's a card we fill out, if it's the app we get out, if it's a check or cash we give on the way out, God, I pray that this need would be met and more. In a couple of weeks when we come back to talk about what happened today and in the days that are, that are just beyond this day, God, I pray that it wouldn't be just what we asked for, but you would do as you have always done in every one of these offerings, exceedingly and abundantly above all the things we asked, all the things we thought, all the things we imagined. Somehow you take loaves and fish and you turn them into a feast for multitudes with baskets left over. And we pray you do that again. Use us that our hands hand you the fish. Let our hearts hand you the bread that you would bless and break and multiply. Help us today, God, to see what at this moment is invisible. But we just saw, we just saw what somebody gave years ago to, that became an inflatable, that became a skate park, that became a hot dog, that became a youth ministry, a marriage ministry, that became a men's ministry, that became a group's ministry. We, we gave in years gone by, and today we witnessed a man bear the fruit of what was invisible when we gave it. There is a day, so many days from today, we don't know how many, but many days from today where someone else who doesn't stand a chance will stand on this stage and say, if it wasn't for the faith of my predecessors, I wouldn't be here today. The person that gave to have that rock concert, I got saved at 16, has no idea what's happened, but you do. Bless every gift and every giver we pray now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So we're not going to pass buckets. It's up to you. The buckets will be available as you leave today. You can give online. And uh, we hope that you'll be a part of this miracle. Babe, we, uh, is it two weeks from today? We'll come back with a number. 
two weeks from today, we'll come back and report. But I know this. I know we're already 12% of the way, 11% of the way, because people said we're giving these gifts in advance. And so why don't you stand to your feet today and uh, just understand this, guys. Whatever you came for, man, I didn't come for, I, I was looking for, I, I need a, like, listen, we're not done. How many of you guys know some of the best ministry happens in the fourways? Happens in the parking lot? Happens in the altars? Happens as you turn to your neighbor and say, hi, my name's Fred. And you begin. We are the church of the living God. You're salt and light. You're dismissed. Live long and prosper. God bless you guys. We'll see you again next week. You're dismissed.